The simple truth of Proverbs says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Today, many have their entire confidence on the educators of the universities. Believing our intellect can solve all of our problems. Others resort to the metaphysical, the balance of life, the yin, the yang. 1 John 4, 1 says, test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep is the familiar bedtime prayer children everywhere have said with their parents. And, in fact, it was the answer to a prayer of the young prophet Daniel that literally saved him from the king's decree of death. King Nebuchadnezzar had a troubling dream and wanted to reward the one who could interpret it and kill all those who couldn't. In the end, Daniel's trust in God for the meaning of the dream meant God was able to use the faith of Daniel to complete the seeming impossible task. And Pastor Xavier delivers the harrowing verse-by-verse account in today's continuation of our study series of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, we're going to look at chapter 2, verse 1 to 19, the first portion, 19a. The three-year training of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah had been completed. All four were found to be ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all the realm, chapter 1 told us. God has set his servants in the court of the king. God was on the throne overseeing the affairs of men, ready to begin dealing with Nebuchadnezzar regarding the time of the Gentiles, the head of gold, through a dream first to show him that he had limited control of his present, and absolutely no control of the future. (laughs) We want to look at the disturbing dream of Nebuchadnezzar, which unfolds for us in a threefold movement here. Let me read our text. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, to tell the king his dreams. So they came and they stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me in its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream in its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream in its interpretation. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants, the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. 
The Chaldeans answered to the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And so the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. The disturbing dream of Nebuchadnezzar unfolds threefold. First, we have the restlessness of Nebuchadnezzar over his dream in verse 1 and 2. Then we have the request of Nebuchadnezzar for the interpretation of his dream in verse 3 through 13. And then third, the response of Daniel to give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream, 14 to 19. It begins with the restlessness of Nebuchadnezzar over his dream, verse 1 and 2. Now, the three-year training of Daniel and his friends is over. So the date of his dream was near that starting of his reign, just a little over three years. He's a newly crowned king, very powerful. He has conquered everything. He's busy planning, building the various prisoners, all the things that go with it. We've seen the vastness of the city of Shinar, how massive, how incredible it was. And he's wondering in himself, what is going to become of my kingdom? So you see God at work. You see God putting his people in position. The effect of the dream drove the king sleep from him, caused his spirit to be troubled. Uh, the word trouble simply means to be beat or disturbed. The concern, again, was for the future of his kingdom. Perhaps you can identify in some sleepless nights that rather than being six hours, they seemed like six days. He was puzzled. In verse 2, notice the solution of Nebuchadnezzar for the meaning of his dream is given to us. The king summoned his wise men. Then the king gave the command to call his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. The king's command was for four groups of wise men that are listed here for us who supposedly were able to know or were supposed to know about the future. This is the worldly model, the group that does not look to God, but they look to the God of this world, Satan. Now the magicians, those scribes who understood and wrote hieroglyphics and who probably specialized in ancient mystical writings and magical formulas so that they became 
soothsayer priest. The astrologers were conjurers, necromancers, those who speak with the dead, contact the dead, fortune tellers, the casting of arrows down, certain positions would dictate the future reading. The sorcerers, those who practice divination, witchcraft. The Chaldeans, it means cloud breakers, and were the leaders of a priestly caste, considered the wise men of the land. They were from Mesopotamia, again, the area of Iraq. Now notice the wise men presented themselves before the king at the end of verse 2, and the wise men stood before King Nebuchadnezzar. So here they are. They are the cream of the crop. They were the best of the best of the empire. Their listings as a group and individually is found 14 times in the book. They're key figures, kind of like Exodus, Moses and the magicians, okay? A power encounter, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, power encounter. God wins every time. You remember that Pharaoh in Egypt also had a dream of the coming famines. Remember God had prepared Joseph. We have the same case here now. But Daniel. Now this is the method of the world, those who do not know God. Today many have their entire confidence on the educators of the universities. Believing our intellect can solve all of our problems with our education and believing in yourself and the goodness of man. Yet everything around us gives evidence contrary to that. Listen to God's commentary on such philosophy in Psalm 14, 1 through 3. The fool has said in his heart, no God, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there is any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Now you have to agree with that or call God a liar. And you have to include yourself in that good for nothing category. None of us sought Lord. The Lord sought us. He initiated his love through the gospel. We responded. Others resort to the metaphysical to resolve everything in life today. The balance of life, the yin, the yang, the power of energy and the elements around us, tapping into that energy to be in line, positive energy, fan shei, your furniture in a certain direction, your door facing the right direction, right colors. It's all paganism, religious paganism. We're going backwards. Much of it occultic. The discipline of yoga, Reiki. It's all Hinduism. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Don't tell me that something works. I could care less if it works. Is it contrary to the word of God? Is it adding to the word of God? Is it making itself equal in authority to the word of God? There's where you're wrong. Don't tell me it works. 
That's not the evidence and proof whether it's good or not. Sometimes Christians who are new in Christ, when they have to deal with difficult problems, resort back to their worldly methods. Maybe a loved one will die and they seek to go to a medium or necromancer or one who intercedes to speak to the dead. Isaiah 8, 19 through 20, listen what he says. Isaiah says, and when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? Listen to the law and the testimony. If they do not speak according to his word, it is because there is no light in them. When somebody speaks to you and gives to you their philosophy or their belief, whether they call themselves Christian or not, if it's not based on the word of God, it's because there's no light in them. Other times, they will resort to their old religious ways to secure the safety of their dead loved ones through prayers or offering of candles. It's all pagan. It's all unscriptural. Many of us used to practice that in Catholicism. In fact, Tessel, the one who invented the whole doctrine of indulgences because they were procuring funds to build the basilicas, said that the minute the coin hits the bottom of the coffer, your loved one is released from purgatory. Rome became wealthy. You remember Saul. Saul said to a servant in 1 Samuel 28, 7, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there's a woman who is a medium at Endor. The commentary on that is very, very illuminating. Listen, 1 Chronicles 10, 13. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness which he had committed against the Lord Yahweh because he did not keep the word of the Lord and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. The restlessness of Nebuchadnezzar over his dream exude with great urgency. Be careful of those moments where you would be prone to do things unbiblical just because they might work. Notice, secondly, we have the request of Nebuchadnezzar for the interpretation of the dream in verse 3 through 13. In verse 3 and 4, the demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream began with words of friendly information. The king related his night experience and situation. He stated his dream experience, and the king said to, the, uh, to them, I have uh, had a dream. And he stated his desire from them, that my spirit is anxious to know the dream. And these guys are, 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 are the professional. These guys are the pros. These guys are to be able to know the unknown, to bring to light that which is in darkness. His concern was to find out the meaning of the dream. Now the wise men in verse 4 responded to the king's declaration. At this point, the book of Daniel begins to be written in Aramaic till the end of chapter 7. So from this verse to 4, to 7.28, it's Aramaic. From chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 2, verse 3, it's Hebrew. Then beginning chapter 8 to the end of chapter 12, it goes back to Hebrew. 
Now, the section is dealing with the time of the Gentiles, the Aramaic. The language being the one of international business and diplomacy, lengua franca, the going acceptable universal language. The Hebrew, again, will resume when God begins to deal now with the prophetic end times of the Jew, Israel, from Adon. Now, notice the wise men responded to the king's declaration. The spokesmen were the Chaldeans. He spoke to the king in Aramaic. And they complimented the king. O king, live forever. This is protocol. <laughs> they, they say it in their sleep. <laughs> they request the king to communicate his dream, that they might give the interpretation. Tell your servants the dream. We'll give you the interpretation. Real smug, real fast. Okay, get to us. Come on, so we can be out of here. We'll be back in a jiffy after lunch. But notice in 5 through 7, the demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream progress to words of threats now. It's getting hot. The king proclaimed what would happen to them if they did not tell him both the dream and the interpretation. The word of the king was law. This guy's he's a bad dude. You don't mess with him. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. Now some commentators believe that King Nebuchadnezzar knew the dream. But he was attempting to find out these guys were legit and really knew. Because if they could know the interpretation, they would equally should know the dream. And from the internal narrative, it is very possible. Now, the consequences were severe. If you do not make known the dream to me in its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. These are not just words. One commentator described some of the manners in which Nebuchadnezzar did this. He would grab and tie four trees that were fully developed and they would bend them with ropes to the middle and then tie the person one limb to each tree and then cut the rope away from those trees. And um, you were history. The Babylonians conquered the Assyrians. The Assyrians were cruel. They would put hooks in people's lips and drag them away. They would bury them up to their neck and put honey and bees all over them. Ants, ants, not bees. They would skin them alive. Now the king noticed in verse 6, proclaim what would happen to them if they did tell both the dream and the interpretation. So bad news first. Then comes the good news. The benefits were great. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Oh, that sounds good. But as they're hearing all this, they know they don't know. So they're sweating bullets. There were no other options. Their lives were on the line. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. The Chaldeans expressed their desperation. They emphatically, in the text, demanded the king to tell them this dream. These guys are getting out of line in desperation. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream. They forget who they're in front of? <laughs> but when you're up against the wall, you say and do dumb things. They assured him, then they would interpret it 
and we will give its interpretation. The demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream ended up with words of accusations, verse 8 through 11. In 8, Nebuchadnezzar accused them of trying to stall the king. The king could see right through them. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time. The king could see they had no way out because you see that my decision is firm. And so in verse 9, Nebuchadnezzar accused them now of lying to him. They had sealed their fate. If you do not make known the dream to me, there's only one decree for you. You're dead. They had conspired to deceive him with false words till his distraught condition might disappear. He knew this. Listen, for you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. In other words, his demeanor, his perplexity over the unknown. They could resolve their perilous dilemma. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me the interpretation. <laughs> the Chaldeans now become more desperate, and they accuse King Nebuchadnezzar of being unjust. These guys are pushing it. They expose their spiritual inability by confessing their inability, theirs or any other man, to know what he was asking. He says, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Well, they just, they just destroyed their job description. They're out of a job. They call the king unreasonable. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a thing of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. <laughs> get, get, get out of town. What's wrong with you, king? I mean, they, they're going from bad to worse. Notice they acknowledge they were mere mortals. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, small g, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Out of their own mouth, they confessed that they had no ability in this matter. Notice in verse 12 and 13 that the demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream conclude with the demise of the wise men for their arrogant words to the king. In verse 12, Nebuchadnezzar gave the decree of execution. They had accused and challenged the king for this reason. The king was angry and very furious. They heard their decree of death, and he gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's decree was carried out instantly. Look at 13. His executioner wasted no time. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men. The request of Nebuchadnezzar for the interpretation of his dream exposed the priests to be false. So you have those who really are tapping at the demons and those who are just charlatans who just rip you off for money. You don't have to worry about the phony ones. You just lose money. You have to worry about the real ones. You lose your life and eternity. And as we're warned in Proverbs 28, the greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. 
Pastor Xavier Reese has been using the tense situation regarding Nebuchadnezzar and the interpretation of his dream to expose the faultiness in the wisdom of man. And you can hear this message again online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Of course, we have CD copies available as well, and the title you want to ask for is simply, I Couldn't Sleep at All Last Night. We just ask that you include $4 with your request to help cover the costs. Now, once again, that title to ask for is, I Couldn't Sleep at All Last Night. When you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com